0: Hello, everyone. If uh, you're watching this, or uh, I, I assume that um, you you were with us for the past year's journey through the New Testament, chapter by chapter, uh, which we finished about a week and a half ago, or a little over a week ago. And so uh, I mentioned then that I wanted to do, um, had some ideas for moving forward. One of those is I want to do uh, for the next uh, five days, Monday through Friday. Of a Passion Week uh, devotion, looking at what did Jesus do each day of the week. Uh, yesterday was Palm Sunday, so obviously that is the triumphal entry, and perhaps your church looked at that passage or has looked at that passage in the past. I've preached on it, um, you know, probably a dozen times in some contexts. So, so we want to start today, Monday of Passion Week. Some call it Holy Week. I prefer Passion Week. To emphasize the, the cross but um, and so I want to look at two passages we won't dive deep into them but really just sort of set the mood for for today and Matthew 21 verses 12 through 22 looks at both Jesus cleansing the temple and then cursing the fig tree now, it's easy for us to look at these as two separate events, and, and they are. Uh, he, he cleanses the temple, and then he, he then goes later to curse the fig tree. But in the way the story is told, we need to see uh, one bleeds into the other. And so, for example, although it was yesterday that you had the triumphal entry, that's the first 11 verses of Matthew 21. However, in Matthew's telling, he, he almost portrays Jesus entering the city and immediately going into the temple, which thematically makes sense. If Jesus is the uh, son of David, he's the king. Remember we talked about that, that theme throughout Matthew. As king, what type of king is he? He, he, he is the son of David, the province of Messiah. So it makes sense he enters into the capital city, the city of David, but he enters not to take his throne, um, but rather to see his throne is in the temple. Uh, for for that is his his true house, right? Then the merging of the priest-king motifs. But let us look here at the cleansing of the temple. Verse 12, Jesus entered the temple and drove out all who sowed and bought in the temple. He overturned the tables of the money changers and seats of those who sowed pigeons. He said to them, it is written, my house shall be called a house of prayer. You make it a den of robbers. This is essentially found in all four Gospels. This, this brief paragraph, two verses here. Jesus enters, enters the, the temple, the, the, the courtyard, and he sees the buying and selling. Now, uh, for the most part, the issue isn't necessarily the buying and selling, as if to say buying and selling are evil and wrong, and we should not do that. The issue is, is the context here. What you have is extortion, pri- uh, primarily the extorting of the poor. So what it work is, is during the Passover, the city would, would nearly double. Sort of like the city of Frankfurt during the weekdays, uh, with people from out of town coming in for their state jobs, the city really doubles. So if you want to get lunch on a weekday here, uh, you have to go at 1130 and not noon, because that's when all the city uh, the, the uh, state workers work. Anyway, so so you have, you have an increase in population, you have a monopoly at the temple, and you could bring a lamb or a dove or whatever it is you came to offer and if it meets the standards, you can offer that. And so you haven't really lost much. Now you've lost your lamb or dove or whatever, uh, but you haven't had to make an additional investment. But what they would do at the temple is they would say, look uh, your lamb isn't good enough. You know, It doesn't meet the standards of, of Old Testament law, Mosaic law. However, we have a lamb over here that's been pre-screened and ready to go. Think of this like a movie theater. Why is it they say don't bring your own popcorn and drink? It's because it may cost you five bucks to get that at Walmart, all the junk food you want while you watch the movie. But for what you get for five bucks at Walmart, uh, is, it's gonna cost you $15 at the movie theater. And that's on purpose, that's really where they make all their money. So too here, if you're telling everyone that their sacrifice isn't good enough, you can jack up the prices because you alone will accept, uh, you know, the, 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 the offering that is presented. And so you have a monopoly which affects the, uh, the price of, of everything. Well, so what you see here is extortion. If you're poor, you have no access to God. You can't make your your sacrifice. And Jesus is appalled by this. And so he says there, quoting the Old Testament, my house will be a house of prayer. Notice it's my house. He enters Jerusalem as king. He enters uh, the temple as the high priest. Uh, And you've been with us on Wednesday nights, that that motif we've really been looking at uh, through through the Old Testament. Uh, It would be a house of prayer. You've made it a den of robbers. Well, then notice what happens, right? That's in all four Gospels, but Matthew takes us in a very different direction. Verse 14, The blind and the lame came to him in the temple. He healed them. But when the chief priests and the scribes saw the wonderful things that he had did, and the children crying out in the temple, Hosanna to the son of David, they were indignant. Now, notice, don't miss this. This is such an important detail. Jesus cleanses the temple, kicks everyone out. Who comes in? It says there the blind and the lame the blind and the lame and what are they doing they're coming in they're filing healing in christ and they're singing hosanna son of david now that clearly connects the triumphal entry and so thematically and and in the narrative although they're separate days matthew puts them together on purpose so what do we need to do with that what jesus does is he restores proper worship it's not about ritual it's about worship it's about true worship here and what is the gospel it is it is the lame and the walk finding their hope in healing in 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 Christ the lame and the walk the lame and the blind sorry and um and that's what Jesus does we see a picture of what the church is to be where the blind and the lame the hurting and the demonic the 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 the, the dead and the hurting all of them come to Christ, find healing, and they worship in spirit and truth. That is the church, and that is the restored worship Jesus brings. But then you'll notice we go from that act, which is a lot of people turn to as an example of righteous anger, and there's an element of truth to that, it's certainly uh, some application we can give from that, but, but it's more than that, uh, as we see. Uh, but then notice where, where the text goes, starting in verse 18. In the morning, uh, as he was returning to the city, he became hungry, and seeing a fig tree by the wayside, he went to it and found nothing on it but only leaves. And he said to it, "May no fruit ever come from you again." And the fig tree withered at once. Now there is only two times in the New Testament where Jesus, um, Jesus does a miracle that is destructive. This is one of them. The other is when he uh, cleanses the demoniac and they go into the pigs and they, you know, uh, they drown. So, so there's only two times that Jesus' miracle is destructive as opposed to uh, constructive or re- even reconstructive. Uh, but This is one of them and um, it, it seems kind of pointless it Says you just read Jesus' curse of victory. Um, why, and one of the things people say is, look, it's not the time for there to be fruit. So why would Jesus be angry? If, if it's not the time for there to be fruit, if it doesn't have fruit. Well, the reason is, is this is a picture. We could almost make it a real life parable. We've been going through the parables on Sunday mornings and Sunday evenings. Uh, notice that verse 18, he was hungry. Remember Jesus is as human as you and I are. And seeing a fig tree by the wayside, um, you see that it had leaves. That is a sign of fruit so so the point of it is to say that from a distance the fig tree looks as if it bears fruit it looks to be healthy but as you get closer to it it reveals itself to be unhealthy and this is a picture of the religious system System in in, in israel is um on the outside it looks like everything's okay everything is holy and righteous but on the inside it is corrupt and it is without fruit. And that is why Jesus will say uh, to learn from, from the fig tree that if you have faith and no doubt, you will say to this mountain, be thrown into the sea. Now, now, get away. yes, he could, he could say this mountain over here. But really, I think the mountain is what's happening there in Jerusalem. You'll say to this mountain, go into the sea. You can cleanse it if you have enough faith. I think we're meant to see a connection there. One last thing, and we have to skip over the, to the Gospel of John. One of the, exam- the, the advantages of going about these devotions this way is we can look at multiple texts rather than being limited to, to, to the one. And, of course, we, we've looked at all of these in our previous study of the New Testament. Uh, but in John chapter 12, uh, it begins starting in verse 20. Now, among those who went up to worship at the feast were some Greeks. And these are Gentiles. And we see that they they meet Philip and Andrew. Um, I think they both have Greek names. I could be wrong on that. Um, And then in verse 23, uh, so Philip and Andrew bring them to Jesus. Here are outsiders, here are Gentiles, Greeks. And Jesus answered them, verse 23, the hour has come for the son of man to be glorified. Now, now notice that, that Jesus is minding his own business in the temple, which he has just cleansed, right? He has cursed the fig tree. And then and what do we see? We see uh, the nations come into Jesus and his immediate response is, it's time for me to die. <laughs> you could take that the wrong way, I'm guessing. Um, but that's not John's, what John's doing. John is wanting to see the beauty of, of the gospel. Verse 24, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Now, this is an obvious reference to the cross, isn't it? Here we have the nations flocking to Jesus in the temple this is the point of the temple. And remember, the temple is a temporary place by which God comes down to be with man. The permanent way is first to the incarnation of Jesus, where the God-man comes down to dwell with men, John 1.14. Uh, uh, he dwelt, He tabernacled among us, we beheld His glory, glory of the only begotten Son. And, and And so you get in Jesus, and then, because of His death and resurrection, it is now in the hearts of believers. And so here what he sees is the nations gathering into the presence of god in christ right? and so he says now is the time to make this permanent and so so as a seed drops into the ground and, and, and though it dies it will bear much fruit so too must i die and gathering of the elect and gathering of the nations so that i might be raised and complete my mission here on earth it's it's incredible um, what he says there verse 25 whoever loves his life loses it whoever hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life if anyone serves me he must follow me where i am there will my servant be also if anyone serves me the father will honor him and where's jesus taking them he's taking them to the cross right? both the jews the disciples and the greeks representing the nations well from here god the father speaks and, uh, and they have this conversation. There's a lot of mystery from from those around them, like, where did that voice come from? What does it mean? And I want to highlight verse 31. Jesus says, now is the judgment of this world. Now will the ruler of this world be cast out. That, of course, is the devil. Remember, there's three uh, main parts uh, uh, that Christ gains victory over at the cross. There is uh, Satan, our sin, and uh, death itself. So, so if you want alliteration, it's death, the devil, and our depravity. And here we see emphasis on the devil. That the ruler of this world will be cast out. Christ will conquer and rule over him. Verse thirty-two: And I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself, like the nations. Right. This is the point of. Of the kingdom of God he said this to show by what kind of death he was going to die now we see this ultimately fulfilled don't we in Revelation in four and five we see people from every tribe tongue people group nation language and um, they've gathered to worship Christ the Creator and Redeemer Revelation four and five so what, a, what an incredible passage I, I think we, we overlook John 12 to our detriment so that's Monday Cut off the cleansing of the temple. Jesus curses the fig tree and um, is blessed by and blesses the Greeks by pointing us back to the cross. Lord willing, uh, we'll see you all here tomorrow. We'll look at Tuesdays, uh, Tuesday on Passion Week. See you then.